Welcome to a special episode of Street Soldiers on racism in the fashion industry. I'm Lisa Evers. Joining us for this conversation is Velissa Vaughn. She is the PR manager for D Squared 2. Velissa, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also with us is Adonis Basso. He's a model and musician and doing a lot of work to help the community as well. Adonis, great to have you with us. Oh, it's a pleasure being here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Shia Douglas. She's a fashion designer and creative director. Shia, thank you so much for being with us. Having me. We really appreciate it. Uh, Valissa, I wanna start with you because we've, we've spoken with you about some of the representations that are happening in the fashion industry. And it seems now a lot of brands, they want to, we see them using the hashtag Black Lives Matter, that they want to commit themselves to diversity and inclusion and allow more opportunities for people of color. Is that just a trending slogan or is that really happening? Well, um, I think that it is a bit trending in some terms. I do feel like a lot of people's um, kind of focus has begun to shift a bit. I do think that for the first time, at least in my life, that I feel like there has been a lot of change implemented and that people and brands will have to make a change and be inclusive. But as far as it happening, happening all across the board, sorry if that's loud, um, it's not. It's definitely not happening. Adonis, tell us about your experience from, because you work with many of the iconic brands, many of the top brands, been all over the world, seen all over the world. What's been your experience with racism in the fashion industry? How would you explain it to someone who doesn't quite get it? Well, you see, I've been modeling for like 10 years and I feel like a lot has, has changed. It took, it was a slow change. For example, back in, I started in 2007. So the, the industry was very different. A lot of times they were telling me they would only look for more European looking kind of models and everything. And I remember then in 2012, when I started doing runways all around the world from Paris and Milan and everything, like I remember one time I went to, I went to a casting and they made me wait two hours under the rain and everything. And by the time I got in front of the client, they said, Oh, we're not looking for black models. And that, that, that was a norm back then. But since let's say, 2016 let's say the all the whole black panther movement that from the movie um i feel like people have been more inclusive in the in the fashion because I, but it's more of a money thing i feel like people realizing the power of the black of the black dollar so we have to represent have to represent us to be able to like actually get that money so which is why which is what ex what's explaining the shift but i feel I, I feel like it's a little bit trendy i feel like nobody has really really done a real impact, something that's really impactful to change yet. No, that's a, that's a really important point in terms of the, in terms of the, the, the money issue. Shia, in terms of, we've heard this phrase that people say that uh, the world loves black culture, but they don't necessarily love black people because we see black culture setting the trends in fashion, in sports, in music, in so many aspects of our lives that are being embraced all, by all kinds of cultures and all races all around the world, but yet there's still this racism, this underbelly that just doesn't seem to be addressed. Tell us what your experience has been like and what do you see on this? Um, I have so many different experiences on different levels. Um, one, to speak um, from an aspect of a creative designer um, or a creative director, working with music directors, working on sets, 
I can't stress how I've had to fight for inclusion and fight for representation um, on certain sets in certain campaigns. Um, there's been times where I've had to like literally pull directors aside and ask like, you know, are there any issues? You know, I just want to make sure that we're being inclusive and we're being represented. I know that there are beautiful women of all colors, variations from all walks of life. So, you know, me, especially as a black woman, you know, I want to see women that look like me around, you know, as well. And so I definitely have found myself in positions where even when I'm working, I'm, you know, pushing that that bar and I'm pushing like, look, look, you know, this is not right. I'm not seeing, you know, the right thing here. So I want to address it while I'm here. So I think that that's very important when you're in these places and in these spaces to encourage or try to have that change if you can to like, yo, speak up on it at any point. That's, that's the way that we're going to um, come to a level of understanding, you know what I'm saying? Or begin to come to a level of understanding. So that's my experience. But listen, in terms of the decision-making and who makes the decisions, are you seeing in terms of the, you know, when we would have conference tables, but now it's Zoom conferences, mm -hmm. um, are you seeing more people of color making those decisions about what designs get approved, what models get hired as the face of a particular brand? Or what do you see happening there? No, I'm not. And to be honest, to be brutally honest, you know, even working with some uh, brands and some designers, I notice um, that there are small black designers that have small businesses that design and major companies are stealing from those smaller businesses. And those are things that I notice and those are things that I speak on as well. That's something that I've experienced myself with a major fast fashion uh, brand. And taking, um, taking those ideas. But let me just bring Melissa into this. Melissa, from, from, from those meetings, from those high level meetings with these fashion executives, do you see that changing? Do you walk, do you, were you walking into rooms where you are the only person and only woman of color in there with a voice? Um, yes, I'm pretty much the only for the United States, it's myself and my coordinator who's under me. Um, there are other black people that work in Italy, but I've rarely ever seen them. Um, I'm in the current position of kind to try to wrangle in D squared and ask them to, you know, be more inclusive to hear our voices in these decision-making times. I think that you have to kind of use the black people that are in the room that are with the company. Um, I feel like this is deja vu, Lisa, because we had this diversity and inclusion conversation, what, last year. And a lot of these companies like run in and bring these diversity inclusion departments in and think that that's going to save the day. Um, but it's really not. It's really about education, educating one another within and then you can make external movements. If you're not internally, you know, representing black lives and, and understanding what that means from an internal space and having like black people in the room, then the external message to me is just for that purpose, external law, it's just PR in that sense. It's just a slogan. And also bringing people up 
all the way up, you know, from the from the entry level jobs to those those medium level jobs. All right, well, we're going to talk about a lot more. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Yo, what up? This your homie Ace Hood, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real poly tricks, and real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about racism in the fashion industry. Joining us is Melissa Vaughn. She's the U.S. PR manager for the fashion brand D Squared 2. Melissa, great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. And also joining us is Shia Douglas. She's a fashion designer and creative director. Shia, great to have you with us. Also joining us is Adonis Basso. He's a model and musician. Adonis, great to have you with us. Adonis, what about you? When did you, you, you said things have changed and, and I'm sure that gives other people a feeling of hope. It gives me a feeling of hope to see that it's changed. But the, there's all, always been the complexion issue in modeling, that the lighter skin models get more work as opposed to those with darker complexions. What were some of the things that started happening with your career where you're like, oh, okay, this is, this is getting a little bit better? Well, I remember, like I, I was saying earlier, back in around, let's say, 2012, it was mainly when there was indeed a black model, it was mainly a light skin model with a fro and everything. Even same thing for the female models. There's usually a, a certain skin tone that they wouldn't go. They would either get like the super dark girl to be like, oh, see, we have an African girl or, or, the, um, or the mixed race model that's a little more ambiguous. So she's more attractive to a more oh, broader demographic. And then I feel like I said around, let's say 2016, 2017, there was a lot more like, when I started, when we would never see a black model in Dior. You would never see a black model, like uh, especially a male black model in, in Dior, uh, Dolce, all these Versace, all these all these big brands. They never, they didn't really, they didn't really support us when we're when we are we're making the we're making these brands cool, really. Like all these rappers wearing these these high fashion brands. We are we are creating the culture, but we're never necessarily represented. Or uh, when they were, all these designers were, are creating all these all these designs and everything. But yeah, it was nice to see like, oh, after a while, cause I was, I was one of the first models to, to do Dolce & Gabbana. And then it was nice to see that after me, they started using more and more models. Cause they're like, oh, this, this is selling. Like people are actually buying stuff when we put my black models in. So, so yeah, it was nice to see. Right. People, people obviously that you've had a huge impact in the industry and also on those brands too. And also with the longevity of your career. So that's really wonderful. She in, in terms of in terms of where the breakdown happens, where the, the loss of opportunity happens, tell us about where you see that going on. Um, I think just to uh, kind of piggyback off what Melissa mentioned in terms of um, inclusion and people in those high places and spaces saying, okay, we're going to make these decisions to um, cater toward a specific audience, but ne not necessarily having those people aboard. And I've experienced as a young um, entrepreneur myself where I'm met with resistance from people in high spaces, not only because of color, but because of I'm a woman. You know, I've experienced it from other women as well. You know, um, and that I feel is a major thing, you know, in terms of moving forward. Um, even passing the torch, like in terms of the youth, you know, the, embracing the youth. There are a lot of creative individuals that are out there that have these brilliant ideas that just need the opportunity, that need that that space, that the, to to be able to 
to bring that to the table, you know? And I think that that's something that needs to be open and discussed a lot more and really, really influenced and pushed amongst these companies in order to see a change and an impact. Adonis, tell us about some of the stereotypes that you've run up against as you've you've pursued your highly successful modeling career. Well, I feel like media has a certain has a certain image of the black man that it wants to push out. So I feel like that's for the longest time, that's what the fashion industry was making sure to imply. So I feel like earlier, earlier in my career that it was a very strong male bus cut and everything, super muscular, the dark skin guy, or it was like the, the opposite, the a little more softer guy with the, with, with a lighter skin, with a little more hair and everything. So I remember that, when I started growing my hair, for example, like they told me that, oh, it looks like a carpet, and like you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that, and and everything, because those are those are the the stereotypes and the white standards that like we live in in the modeling industry, and then like and that's the issue. That's why we need people like 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 Julissa and Shia who are in higher places, so we get to like when we are represented, and when people actually use us to like to to put up their sales and everything that they actually there's actually people that look like us are like in high places to make sure that everything's actually like going the right way you know so we're not being like exploited just so just for money you know listen in terms of the ad campaigns and how important the ad campaigns and branding is for a particular design or a particular clothing line how important is the person they pick to represent them Um, I think it's very important, Um, even though we're in a space where we're seeing campaigns be more diverse than they ever have been, um, you know, it still speaks to the consumer. And I think what Adonis mentioned was it's really the biggest part of it is I always ask my company, do you want to make money or do you want to be cool? And, you know, there's a fine line between both. And, you know, obviously everybody wants to be both, but the black dollar is so powerful that, you know, you're inspired by the culture, you know, the music, the looks, every, you know, so much that if that representation is not actually there, then that dollar will also be pulled. And I think that that's the most important thing and that brands are going to, if they haven't begun already, that if they're not representing and they're not speaking to black culture, then they will lose those black dollars. And let's face it, we love high fashion, we love luxury we love nice things um it's when you really just make it that simple that the black dollar is that important brands will either have to recognize or close in my opinion so that's a definitely she what about what Melissa's saying because it's it's also you know there was a, there was a time when it, the white the the white culture or the, the majority whites would not follow black culture, but now it's the exact opposite. It's like they copy it, like Melissa was saying, they set the trend for everybody. Um, what do you see happening in terms of women's fashion? Oh, yeah. So for me, it's, it's a total different experience. Um, I have an experience from a creative directive side and then from a fashion designer standpoint, very early on, like high school years, I'd started a, a streetwear line, a women's streetwear line called Dimes Only. And um, at the time, that was, I want to say, freaking 15 years ago. This is pre a lot of the fast fashion streetwear brands, you know, that are around now. And, you know, my experience 
for me during that time, being of that culture, living that life, growing up, everything that I lived, I put into what I was wearing. And that was super important for me. Not only was it the representation, but it was the story and the narrative that was genuine. And I feel like that's extremely important. Um, and which is why going back to my last point, it's important to include people like us on these boards, in these meetings, in these um, decision-making processes, because not only do we have the creativity, we have the element, we have the, the, the fashion, the everything, the, the spunk, but it, it's, it's just necessary in terms of um, connecting and making it authentic you know, and making it an authentic thing, you know, like you can't sell streetwear and not have a person of color on your design team. Like, you know, you can't sell me to me. So I think that that's something that's um, extremely important, authenticity and including that in the narrative, you know, in terms of uh, streetwear. Right now, I see a lot of fast fashion brands that are, you know, printing Tupac shirts and Biggie shirts and this shirt and that shirt. And then, you know, you look back and you say, hmm, you see who's modeling. We're selling that on Fulton Street. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and it's like you look back and you, you sit back and you're beside yourself. Like, you know, you're looking at the model selections. And I can't say that as a consumer, from me, from a standpoint, I'm more conscious of what I'm purchasing, where I'm purchasing it from, and that message, and is it authentic? You know, like, are you just selling me something, Tupac on a t-shirt, and really, there are no black models on your website wearing this image, you know what I'm saying? So exactly. I think that's important. I think that's a very important point. Adonis, what about that, the authenticity? Well, it's true, like, a lot of people are, a lot of brands are just trying to, like, like, uh, like Jalisa was saying, just get that, that black dollar. So very often they're just going to be like, oh, well, I'll, I'll use, uh, I'll, co I'll copy this brand. I'll, I'll put Winnie Houston, anybody, anybody black that's famous. Because at the end of the day, we are the culture. We are, we are, we are so, we are such artistic people that like most things come from us, from, from hoop earrings to do-rags. Like now, 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 now a lot of like non-black people are wearing do-rags, for, for example, because it's not, not, it's not becoming a, a fashion statement, you know? So it's, it's, it's a thin line between like, oh, uh, appreciation and appropriation, you know? So, so yeah, we, unfortunately, if, if you're not using us, if you're not, if you're not like including us in, in your boards and in, in these in these campaigns even like even on, on your on your website like the the the, the models selling the clothes you know it's not it's not going to trans translate well it's not it's fake it's not authentic it's not you're not you're not really for for us it's nobody like take louis vuitton for example louis vuitton used virgil to to get the black the, the black community and everything but at the same time they're still apart from virgil there's not necessarily other black people at Louis Vuitton right now. So it's like, so what is, what, where is the real change, you know? So. Exactly, exactly. We're going to take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. We'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. What up, what up, what up? This is Styles P, the Ghost, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Yeah, Ghost told you so. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about racism in the fashion industry. And in this segment... I'm going to talk with our guests about the influence of hip-hop on fashion and fashion on hip-hop. 
Joining me for this conversation is Melissa Vaughn. She's the US PR manager for D Squared 2. Melissa, great to have you with us. Good to have you, thanks so much. Thank you. Also with us is Adonis Basso. He's a, a model and a musician. Adonis, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much. And also joining us is Shia Douglas. She's a fashion designer and creative director. Shia, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Melissa, Melissa in, terms of the, in terms of the representation, we do see a lot of uh, we do see a lot of brands on social media using hashtags, you know, Black Lives Matter and other types of things. How do you feel when you see that? Because you know from the inside whether they're really really supporting people of color or not. Um, I feel like for a lot of brands, it's been very gimmicky, very unauthentic. Very, let's hurry up and do what everybody else is doing so that we don't, you know, face any backlash. Um, but I think the black community, let's just say, is really taking a moment to hold people accountable ever than before. So quite frankly, um, there's power in that. And, you know, if your message is not aligning with your internal, again, to go back, then people are going to see and feel that. So if you're putting out all these initiatives and these Black Lives Matter posts and Blackout Tuesday, and then I go to your your website and see not one black model being represented, you know, I don't see any black models in your editorials, you know, in your campaigns, then people are paying attention now more than ever. And brands will have to be accountable for, you know, putting this external message out that doesn't align with internal action. With, with the and, and some are some are getting called out. She Adonis was talking about the uh, you know the the image the image the stereotypes that there were for for black men for black male models. There also you know there also been a whole thing for for decades in the female fashion industry about what the idea of female beauty was. It was a tall, uh, white, thin, blonde-haired woman. That you know, th there was that, and then there was almost the equivalent what Adonis was saying with the men. Then, there, then there was the exotic African woman who was there. And what do you see changing? And it, very, very skinny. And now, now there's much more diversity. There's much more size inclusion. There's there's many more. But that was really that really happened, I think, because of the black communities just saying, "Listen, this is this is not reality. This is not our reality, and this is not all of our reality." A hundred percent. I mean, even for myself to look at brands like Fenty, you know, that have come around and have, um, you know, included, you know, everything, every woman, every like, and I love that because it's like, we are now coming into a different time. We're coming into a different time where you're not limited to Victoria's Secret for your, uh, your, your lingerie. You're not limited to, um, you know, whatever. We're at a point now where brands are, or people are curating brands and we're doing what we've always done, which is being creative and and putting ourselves into that art and, and influencing, you know, as we always have. But uh, we have things like Instagram that are tools that have helped us to, to push that influence and to make that statement, you know, and to... To, to let people know we're here like and this is where it starts this is where you get it from so and then also and also to the image of the female body as well yeah that a hundred percent you know myself as a woman I fluctuated with my weight I've had issues even going to school um 
growing up in Long Island, you know, I grew up in a predominantly mixed um, area. Um, but at the same time, I've experienced where you wear shorts and because you're a little thicker, you know, you and the girl next to you can wear the same exact pair of shorts, but because your shape is different, you know, you're looked at like, oh, you're trying to, you know, show a little bit more or do a little bit more. You're looked at a certain way or you're getting titled right. a certain way. And I've definitely experienced that. I've seen it a million times over working in this industry and it definitely has to change. I've noticed um, a lot more women though are speaking um, up on that and a lot more women are being vocal about being seen and being heard for their voices and not just their bodies and, and are coming more comfortable with living in our unique, just natural beauty and who we are. What influence do you think that the, the music industry and our hip hop artists and our entertainers are having on the kinds of designs that come out on the runway? Well, I feel like music and fashion kind of go hand in hand because if you really look about a lot of trends, a lot of like things that have really come across through fashion, they often really come from music. Like take, take this little example, for example, right, right now, Expense sneakers are really a really big thing. Now, high fashion sneakers are a really big thing. Now, every brand is making a really big, chunky, cool, high fashion sneaker, which comes from the streets, like comes from hip hop, comes from people rocking Adidas and like Reeboks back in the day. So now you have those big, you have those big, let's say Versace, you have those Louis Vuittons, you have those Margiela, big chunky sneakers like that are made for high fashion but all these come from the streets everything even if you want to take it back from like Aaliyah wearing Tommy Highfinger or like or like or or Tupac walking Versace you know music and fashion always have, have gone hand in hand and I feel like we we've always inspir inspired fashion we've always like dictate what's what was cool because at the end of the day that's what musician performing, Rihanna or Beyonce performing in Balmain or, or Ricardo Tici in Givenchy, you know, it's all, it's all intertwined. Fashion uses music to sell itself, you know? So I feel like it's, the, it's, it's, it's a constant connection. I feel like we Black people, we African people, we are the main, we're the main inspiration behind high fashion. When, when it comes from even when you when when you look back, like even like gowns and dresses and like silks come date back all the way to Africa. So like you realize that like oh everything really comes comes from us. Like so so it's normal that like oh even today like we will inspire every we would inspire every day. No, absolutely, Melissa. You because you you started out with street fashion. You're working high fashion. What about the influence of music? Does the does the music set the fashion? Does the fashion set the music? Or is it just where are we at with that? Like, I, who think sets that these, I, I wanna know, you guys know it cause you're in the middle of it. I wanna know who sets these trends. Like how do these trends get started? How do we go in hip hop from big baggy jeans to skinny jeans? How do we go from a more fitted look on men? How do we go to, you know, like, like Adana said, the, the, the $750 or $2,000 sneaker. I mean, Jay-Z told us to change clothes and everybody did it, so. <laughs> At the end of the day, music and fashion have always been aligned. I mean, I've been blessed. I mean, I've been at D-Square for four years, and I've pretty much worked with every top musician in the game, whether it was Beyonce's opening formation outfit to 
you know, whatever you can honestly think of. I mean, I just worked with, I just had a personal meeting with Future and Little Uzi Stylist the other day. Like, it's ongoing. And I think to go back to what she had said, it's really about the youth. Um, the youth is kind of who, you know, they are what we even watch to kind of push and drive the culture in itself. And so obviously, you know, rappers, they talk about flossing and flexing, new gear. And, you know, it's always been, you know, kind of these pieces that young children and even adults, I shouldn't even say young children, but you aspire to be, you know, you want the Gucci shoes, you want the Fendi belt, et cetera. So, you know, it's, it's been a part of the culture since rap has started. You know, we saw LL Cool J and Big Daddy Kane, everybody back in the day when even rap started with the chains and the, the, the cool clothes. I mean, it's, it's not going to stop. We've always been sort of inspired by what we see and vice versa. Um, like I said, I know for the brand that I'm at, music is a huge part of what we do. Um, we do a tour pretty much every year um, because music is a huge part of just everyday life. No, I, I, absolutely. Shia, what about you? Because you, you're creative director on the music videos, you're, you're styling, you're doing all those things. You're right in the middle of it too. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely can agree with Alyssa. You know, they go hand in hand. I know personally from my own experience, you know, on the music side, um, having family in the industry, being around the industry growing up, you know, I've seen artists who've been inspired from people in the hood that have just been around by the way that they dress, by the way that they, you know, talk. You know, we've had these conversations where artists or rappers may be talking or speaking on a lifestyle they may not necessarily have always lived per se. And so I've seen the fact that us as a culture in our natural spaces have influenced and, and, and that's, you know, gone light years, you know, in terms of the industry and music and the message and the culture and how it all ties in. And so, yeah, I definitely would have to agree that music and fashion go hand in hand. Um, I definitely would have to agree that we as a culture influence so much, you know, like so, so much. And um, it's important that we are aware of that. And we're conscious of that, you know, and again, to what Melissa said, in terms of the youth pushing that, that message, that's, that's how we, we begin to get the change. And that's how we begin to see our ball pushed forward and continue doing what we've always done. All right. Well, we're going to talk about a lot more. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts. And this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You did. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about racism in the fashion industry. Joining us is Melissa Vaughn. She's the U.S. PR manager for the fashion brand D-Squared 2. Melissa, great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. And also joining us is Shia Douglas. She's a fashion designer and creative director. Shia, great to have you with us. Also joining us is Adonis Basso. He's a model and musician. Adonis, great to have you with us. What about that influence? Because I'm thinking automatically, you mentioned Africa. My family members are from Africa. It's, and it's like there was a time not even that long ago when you wouldn't see African fabrics. And now we're seeing them in, you know, COVID-19 masks. We're seeing it. We're on the floor, uh, the floor of the U.S. Congress, they took a knee and they're wearing African cloth. But what makes something hot and what makes something trendy? Because now it seems like it's trendy. 
Well, I feel like at the end of the day, like 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 both of these ladies said, we we really we really influence everything, and it's really it comes from from the streets, from the youth, and everything. And it's any it's usually anything that we use to represent us, everything that we feel proud of, everything that we like that makes us ourselves. That's what that's what makes it. Well, that's what really makes it hot. If we feel like, oh, this is this is me. This is like, oh, this this, this sneaker is me. This like, oh, represents me. I feel like, oh, I feel cool. I feel like feel like myself in it. I feel like that's what that's what usually translates through through fashion on 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 a wider stand. I feel like like the same way like oh like what like like you said seeing white people wearing the she the shikis is because right. we started wearing the shikis because we like everybody finally started feeling proud of their african heritage you know exactly. so, it, so it really became a, a a global phenomenon of black people really really feeling comfortable reconnecting with africa and everything and that's one of the ways we express we express ourselves through clothes that's how that's how that's that's how that's how the youth works very often like you you don't necessarily have a lot of money but like one of the best one of the way you could like flaunt or feel yourself is through your clothes it's like one of the way one of the way to express you one of the best ways for you to express yourself is through clothes and and that's how that's why the youth is so so predominant and important in sending friends you know because you want to make a statement about who you are melissa what about it is there as, as much influence on women as there is with men in terms of terms of the music industry and the cult, hip-hop culture absolutely um I think across the board, I really don't think it's segmented as much as you would think. I think um, brands have departments that just literally are studying what they see. They're replicating it. They're making it their own, if you will. Michelle mentioned earlier, they're not always even getting credited necessarily for these designs that end up coming into you know life. Um, but I think across the board, um, our culture is just drives so much in so many different ways that we see it transcending all levels. Men's, women's, children, sports, acting. Um, I think that it's across the board. She, in terms of in terms of the trends for women, what what trends do you do you see for women that are happening right now? Um um, I obviously do. We all spoke on how we are seeing a lot more support of um, black and brown women. Um, we are seeing um, a representation of the color variety, whether it's in cosmetics, whether it's in um, fashion, whatever. We are seeing that. And whether it's by ways of trend or by ways of authenticity for me, I'm appreciative to experience it and see it, you know, like regardless for me, um, the state of what's happening right now, obviously it's just, it's, it's a, it's a relief to see. It's a sad of what everything, you know, what it took for us to be able to start to see some of these results. Yeah. But, um, I can't say that it's not refreshing to see whether it is, you know, temporary, you know, I, I, it's something that I would, I, I'm happy to see. Um, Adon Adonis, in, ter in terms of, in terms of the men's fashion, where do you, like, where can it go? I mean, how, what can happen, what do you see ahead? Cause you, I'm sure you're in contact with a lot of people that are, are right there on the cutting edge. What do you see ahead for, for men? 
Well, I feel like we're just going to keep inspiring fashion because just now, like, streetwear has become, like, a high fashion thing. You know, it's just been recent. And like, oh, now you have, like I said, the $1,000 sneakers and the $1,000 basketball shorts, you know? So, like, those we're, those are all trends that we, we've created. So I feel like it's, nothing's really going to change as even if it's, like, us getting a little more clean or, like, 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 it's like now you can wear you can wear a suit with expensive sneakers. So I feel like as long as like you stay creative and you stay yourself, like man, fashion could go anywhere. But I know that like we're still going to be on the forefront of deciding what it's going to be. Absolutely. I know you definitely will be. Melissa, where do you think it's going to go for women? I think that as a woman, this has been the first time that I've felt comfortable in my own skin to even speak in a lot of in a lot of spaces to be made to be heard um i think as I women, as women black women, black women when we speak out we're like instantly so i think that now that women black women feel more powerful strong that they will be able to continue to speak up to be heard to have their design have their creations be you know brought to the forefront whereas before before where it was sort of just like stay in your lane you know don't speak up don't don't just you know go with the flow whereas now you know as she had mentioned before we have Fenty we have you know Beyonce doing these huge Adidas collaborations these are things that we wouldn't have seen many years for black women so we really have a voice and we you know not to be that all women want to look like us in one form or former fashion whether or body or lips or whatever the case. So I think that we are we beauty, we lead fashion just as much as men do. So I think that we'll see a lot of more emerging um, emerging designers, emerging ideas be brought to the forefront because this is the time to there's, there's there's much there's much more of an openness. Um she a final word do you, do you feel do you feel that way? Do you feel there's more I mean you've always been outspoken but do, do you feel there's the, that the climate has really changed and, and that's going to give you even more opportunity. Yeah, so I definitely feel that the climate has changed. Um, I definitely feel that it does give us an open floor and an open space to speak more and be vocal on our opinions and how we feel. And then not only that, but um, I'm noticing the trend in terms of like our body and being body conscious. I'm finding that more women are finding being okay with living in their authentic selves and not necessarily having to have adjustments. I'm, I'm noticing even after coming out of the pandemic and out of COVID, we've had to experience, we were forced to our hair and nails and, you know, just figure it out and live in our authentic, beautiful you self. You see my hands on camera. Yeah, I'm like, you see, I'm like, <laughs> but you know, like that, where I'm seeing that as a trend as well, that more holistic and more, right. you know, just a natural uh, state. So I'm loving that. Exactly. Well, I'm keeping the closed toe shoes and sneakers on it in the closed toe state until the nail salons open up again. But um, I want to thank all of you for being with us for this, for this episode of Street Soldiers. And thank you so much for, for sharing your experience and your honesty and uh, just, just really bringing us up to speed with what's going on. So thank you so much. Felicia Vaughn, great to have you with us again. Thank you so much. Adonis, so thank you so much for being with us. And uh, we look forward to having you on again and, and following your career as a musician as well. Thank so th thank you for what you're doing. And Chia, thank you so much for being with us. We really look forward to working with you again too.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Screen Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all.